You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique alvarez Clary. Look at me. This plane is going to Jamaica. Sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Okay, Bach. There you go. Little Jamaica, the base, little, little Jamaica flow, little yeah, island. This is uh, this is ninety three seven. The ticket. We are not Jamaica. We are in uh, a bit we of a colder not environment. Not in Jamaica. No, no, a bit of a colder environment here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, it is also not the Hoops Post Game Show. We might look like it because uh, we're all involved in the Hoops Post Game Show. But, <laughs> That's a fact. Uh, it is not that. It is happening out here on ninety three seven. The ticket. I'm Jake Bachman. He is Austin Overman and Eric Strickland, Husker Hall of Famer, joining us as well to preview on the block. Uh, as uh, what are you guys pointing out? <laughs> that's the point, Bach. Oh, it that's is his it? first. Ex- uh, the that's, point. Yeah, that's his first exposure to oh, that's the. Uh, that's the point. To the point. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. The point. Well, I thought you were pointing at that van out there. <laughs> no, <laughs> which is uh, fair enough. Uh, as we as uh, well, I'll let you guys kind of lead where this is going because we're going into uh, going into on the block. What do we expect from on the block today? Oh, it's going to be a fantastic show. We will talk some Husker hoops because they are at Rutgers, like you and I mentioned, Bach. We'll get Evan Bland on the horn, talk about Glenn Thomas, talk about Dylan Raiola's absolute cannon of an arm. We'll talk about Pascal Siakam being traded uh, to the Indiana Pacers, of all places. Stricky's Indiana Pacers. Right. Nobody else's Pacers. Eric Strickland's Pacers. The house that Strickland built. Shoot. Uh, you almost had me to dump. <laughs> no, I, I would I would venture to say it's probably Reggie Miller's. That's Reggie. Reggie, Reggie Miller's spot. Oh, well, who else was there? Did you play with Rick Smith? He was there Schmitz, a long time. Schmitz, yeah. yeah. Detlef? Uh, more Detlef. I, I, I look more at Detlef from being in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, the house that Roy Hibbert and Paul George built? Negative. Mark Lance Jackson? Stevenson. Lance Stevenson. Lance Stevenson mm, is the answer. Blow in the ear, Lance Stevenson? Yes. No. <laughs> Lance, oh, make him you, dance. Lance, did you make him dance. With Mark Jackson? Was Mark Jackson uh, Mark was there? around. Yeah, he's a good player. He was still around for a few years. years. Yeah. yeah. He actually, it, it was great. McConnell. So the first team that I actually went for a tryout with was the Pacers. I went I went to the I went to Summer League uh in LA with the Pacers. Um at the time it was uh, Mark Jackson was a starting point guard at the time. Travis Best oh, yeah, yeah. was out of Georgia Tech. He was the uh backup and I actually played well. Um so much so that Donnie Walsh when I signed with the Pacers, set me in his office and said, this is a long time coming. This should have happened in the beginning. Mm. And what it was, was uh, RIP to Mel Daniels. Um, Mel Daniels was, uh, he was a longtime player for the Pacers. He actually saw me and, and, and had a very good impression. I gave, got, got, gave to him and everybody wanted me. The issue was Herb Brown was Larry Brown's brother. Mm-hmm. And obviously I'm a different type of point guard than Mark Jackson and even Travis Best. And he didn't like my style, you know? So they, he was like, I don't like him. I don't want him. You know, he doesn't listen. And, but it's just, I'm just a different style of player. So I didn't, I didn't get to make it with them, but you know, it had a good enough thing to where the Mavericks liked what they saw and invited me to, uh, yeah. 
veteran cap. So that's a, that's that's real. That's the real story. Uh, probably would have been a pacer a long time ago, but just didn't happen when it was supposed to happen. See, that's interesting. Learned something new there. That's a new story. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, yeah that was a, that was that was a real story. And that'd have been a fun. But either way, you would have played with Reggie because he ended up playing with Reggie. with him anyway. Uh, but that, they, that was a good, a fun kind of unit they had at the time you got into the league. But it's that was a really fun unit. By the time you were there too, well, because uh, I mean players. they had yeah. yeah they well yeah that was a fun group. And, but then they had Jalen Jalen. You forget Rose, a lot of people Jaylen forget Jalen Rose, Rose was right, there. Yeah, and they were tough, man. They they were they were really tough even yeah. back then. They were, they were a tough team. I don't know enough about Jalen Rose, the player. I just think of him as like the media personality. But was yeah. Jalen good? Jalen was a, yeah, Jalen was tough. Uh, I think, I want to say Jalen was between there and Denver. He was, he was, he was good. He was. On I both of those that. locations. Yeah, he was, he was, a, he was a solid. He was tough because he was an anomaly. I mean, you're, he's a 6'8 point guard. Yeah, people forget he's 6'8. Yeah. Yeah, six eight point guard. He's almost most known now because of his commentator role because he's been uh, joked at it much for being part of the ones that gave up eighty one. <laughs> yeah, so he wasn't right. as athletic as like Penny Hardaway. Yeah, you know, style wise, but um, he posts you up and he could shoot and he gets to where he wants to and he'd raise up. He had good mid range. Is he Sean Livingston? Similar. I, I could. That's a good. That's a good comparison. Something like that. Did you uh would you think that if he played today that he would still have uh baggy shorts? He was like the he was one of the <laughs> the, the inventors of baggy shorts with the Michigan team. We, and then that's what I remember about him in the NBA. We all had him at that's that point. Right. It, it it somehow transferred into that and, and Allen Iverson was a, a big, you know, proponent of that as well. The only ones that didn't really buy in, you wanna guess what team? I, I know it. Uh, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let I'm gonna let the uh, young fella. Yeah. Okay. My first thought is the Heat, but they definitely had baggy shorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't them. So um, one strike. Back then, sorry, him a text line four zero two four six four five six eight five. Throw out your guess. Phoenix. What team was one that just not, did not buy into the long shorts, and it was not Phoenix. There was a couple players probably, but no, not, I don't not know. as a whole. I'm gonna strike out on strike two. What you got? You're gonna strike out on strike two? I'm gonna give my guess. Was it the Utah Jazz? <laughs> ah, I could call Bach. Freaking Bach. Utah yeah, Jazz yeah. did not by any means. Hornacek, even Malone, um, Stockton definitely. Yeah. All of those guys, even Byron Russell, I mean, for the most part, Howard Isley, all of them, they all had just regular to short shorts, short shorts. Yeah. It's crazy. Great, great I, guess. I'm, I'm yeah. glad I'm glad how, how in the middle ground. It out? Well, I just, I'm a huge John Stockton fan. Uh, so you knew. Yeah. And I, yeah. Uh, VJ was going to bring up earlier, by the way, the most unbreakable records in sports. Go look it up, the, the gap between Stockton's assist, Steel. total oh, assist, and steals. Yeah. Those are almost both unbreakable records. Yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're out there. Yeah. Are like these... a lot of people don't. I tell people all the time, Austin, I say, y'all don't understand John Stockton was a beast. Mm. Like, He's one of my top point guards all time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I tell, I'm like, I don't know what you guys are thinking or what you saw, but don't get it twisted. John Stockton will give you some work. Is Stockton's assist record untouchable? I feel like we're uh, in such a high offense era now that. I think so, man. He's got, so just for, so. for context, he's got, and I don't know the exact number, he's got like 15,000, and the next closest guy is like 12. And uh, that'd be like Chris Ball, who's about aging. He's out. about to be out. Yeah. Uh, his steals are similar. Okay, so where... Jason Kidd hit 12K. Yeah. And then and he Chris... was good yeah. at it. I don't think so. 
Tell me, tell me then who in this era of, of today, with guys like Kyrie Irving, who the way that they are, and most most guys at the point guard to include Halliburton's and the likes of them, how are you gonna get it? I just do, here, let me ask you this question. Do you think the NBA starts cracking down on offenses and making it easier for defenses again anytime soon? Or do you think they keep the offensive explosion going? My issue is there's going to be probably some addressing of the referee because it's gotten blatantly <laughs> dirty, horrible. Yeah. Like it's like so obvious that you can't even hide it the way that they're doing stuff now with the discrepancies on, re- on, on free throws and the way that they're literally changing games. And it, 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 it you, you halfway have to wonder whether or not what they're doing has anything to do with the Donahue situation going forward if there's something some underlying like i could understand it in some form it's not good but i can understand it the reason being is they're trying to put the best of what the nba has to offer in positions to have success and win so that they can prop up viewership numbers and because they're 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 chasing they're chasing and they're they're behind the curve I, mm-hmm. I, I they're chasing network money and they're behind the curve because they're not probably living up. I mean, you had a matchup between two MVPs last night. Check what the viewership was on that. It was, which is, you would think Embiid, Jokic going one on one, the numbers would be astronomical. Right? My my thing is that yes, they're they're definitely propping up a certain kind of star. But if they they're propping up the one on one star, the heliocentric, everything revolves around me star. If they go back to, you know, letting defense actually, you know, play defense to some degree, then I think there is a chance Stockton's record gets broken because you won't be as reliant on one on one. You'll have to have more movement. You'll have to have a setup guy and you'll have more, you know, opportunities. Right. Within how many years? Oh, I'm not, I, I don't know if that guy's in the league right now. Yeah, I, but I'm I, there's if no they, way. No, if they go back to, and even not all the way back to, if they find a middle ground between like the 2004 Pistons and the 2018 Warriors, if there's a middle ground in there somewhere and they keep it that way, I'm just saying there's a chance someone comes along and I gets still close don't to believe Stockton. It. I, I still don't believe it. Just with the way the AU and all the, the, the circuits, the way that they are now, um, but, but now, now I can tell you a guy that I could possibly see that's in college right now is a Chucky Hepburn type guy that's yeah, so that freaking un, so unselfish that he's always probably. But the issue is the league don't want those type of guys. Well, on the point guard, it's just a different role now, right? Like when you're yeah. your best point guards of all time, those used to be the setup artists, and they were ball dominant, but they were ball dominant to set up their assists. Uh, their 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 teammates, and now if you're a ball dominant point guard, it's because you're scoring you're so much. Score. Like that's what I'm saying. Stockton averaged over 11 assists per game for like nine state streets and topped out at 14 and a half assists per game. That is ridiculous. Um, and I don't think in the last four or five years the the leader in assists has hit the 12 mark. I mean, right. I think it's you know then like, they I run the 10, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes it's just See, like James. And sometimes Harden. it's a big, <laughs> yeah. and sometimes it's a big man. Yeah, Jokic. Yeah, right. Jokic double right double there, with yeah. assists. Right, and let's just check the math on that. Right, if you're averaging the best year was Westbrook. Yes, was triple double year, the MVP year. But if you're averaging 14 assists per game versus averaging 10, that's 388 assists <laughs> different. Yeah, per 
year, right? It takes three of those years to get you to a thousand. And that's the gap then between Stockton and those guys. But I think you guys helped make my point for me is that Chucky Hepburn can score enough, but is a good enough passer, right? The teams can't just sag off of him and give him passing lanes or try and take him away. They have to play up to their passing lanes created for him. But the NBA has to get back to emphasizing that with the rule changes. And it might not be a rousing success right away, but if it makes better basketball, people will watch better basketball. I just don't think the NBA is confident in that right now. I don't think, guys, I I actually don't think the average viewer wants 140 to 148. I don't. I I think it's ridiculous, to be Mm -hmm. honest. It's so lackadaisical, half, half beep, you know, (laughs) effort. Let me ask you this, too. Did AAU culture take over the NBA, or did the NBA influence how AAU culture developed? I think it's probably a combination of both Time. because the issue comes where the individuality was so set up mm-hmm. in a way, right? But a lot of guys that were the influencers, so to speak, was a part of the beginning of social media eras. Mm. So what happens is when you have guys that are, are, are there – there are certain moves, there are certain things that they influence, but it starts at that level just because, for me, because of the the free flow of the things. So certain moves like the hardened step back stuff, that, mm. that starts there, but it gets into there. But social media was so heavy in that, that, that AAU realm mm-hmm. that it started to create guys like Seventh Woods and all these big names, Julian and whatever his name is, the guy that just be doing all <laughs> kinds of crazy dribbling. It, it creates these, these, in, these, these, these personalities. And then they try to promote them on the way up. So even guys like John Morant didn't have mixtapes in high school. Oh no. And just think of where he at. Now they're trying to promote him. They're trying to move John, ja, ja, um, um, Zion Wood. They're trying to put certain guys in position to have that, takeover but right now no one's tackling now, like but but the foreigners so mm-hmm. so even shea gillis i think shea gillis is one right sure. mm-hmm. but he's not a nationality of america right they're trying to find that next guy. canada should be annexed by america america <laughs> get on it right make shea gillis just alexander american well and the other thing though throughout all this is is obviously the three-point shot that steph curry kind of just changed the game um, and, and analytics has followed and everybody's jack threes. And we're seeing Nebraska now do the same. You see one night they can beat Purdue by hitting everything they throw up. And one night they can lose to Iowa by missing everything they throw up. And so to me, it's not like, yes, I agree with you. I don't want to see 148 to 144 games, but what I really don't like is 148 to 87. And there are t- far too There've many been of, those a lot of those where yeah. it's the, the league and just any basketball conversation now is so three point dependent that it, it it goes it's not just Nebraska to in that there's it, it can happen to the Celtics the Celtics were ha- out uh you know pulling their starters at halftime against the Bucks because they just weren't hitting anything and the and the Bucks were hitting everything and if, if everything's a three-point shot and you can just you know just get that lead to build up and obviously the Bucks have other weapons as well and, and so that's not the best example but I I mean I don't know how you reverse the three-point analytics great break 
because that's the thing I say. I don't know how you put this toothpaste back in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it is it is a crazy it's a crazy dynamic, and that's that's what I, you know, I'm trying to speak to. I just mm-hmm. don't know how it gets back to that. I would love to see a, a a balance of it, but the issue is right now, like I said, the NBA is chasing viewership, and they're they're chasing um, network deal, and right now it's a free for all of trying to make it happen, and it's hurting them. You know who I, I think blame? It's hurting them. Who? I blame chicks. Because chicks dig the long ball. <laughs> Pause. Um, Chick hurry. Pause. Yeah. Um, no, 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 no. So, so here's here, here's what, if you go and look at it at YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. There's a segment on there where they're talking about when the Cleveland uh, Cavs were there playing against, gosh darn, I can't remember who they were playing. But Donovan Mitchell had his girl, and I think she's a singer or something. I don't, I don't really know her. And she was in the front row in like a red dress, and they were like, enamored by how she was looking they were like what you see with some players is if certain people are in the stands they go buck wild oh yeah and you're right i think instagram (laughs) the instagram has killed the nba yes because guys are chasing going buck wild when the when when the sexies come in the building don't get it twisted i was too Appreciate the honesty. LA now. LA, baby. The forward was no. rocking. <laughs> now, there are people like Clay Thompson who just wants to find a good home for his bulldog, but uh, for the most part. And yeah. Jokic, who just wants to watch YouTube and That's right. lay down and chill. Ride his horses. <laughs> hey, but there are some people like that can handle that. You just got to be able to handle your business. Look at Derek Jeter. His play never fell off. He was, he was dating a new girl every week. Uh, well, that's a fact. That's a fact. We got a really good text from Tom Petty Sucks on the text line. Bad name, good text. We're going to lead off with that. Stricky, don't read it. Don't look at it. I'm going to spring it on you. Bet. There we go. Text line helping out uh, for the upcoming show on the block with Strick and Austin coming up next the year. The Ticket. That's uh, right. That's right. Adios. <laughs>